really excited to be able to speak to you this morning. It was so good when I got here today and uh, started chatting to, to Becky and, and Kate and realized that they were going to start talking about some of the things that I want to talk about as well. And at, you get to a point where you think, oh, no, are they going to say everything and I'm not going to have anything left to say? Um, fortunately not. But actually what it really means is that God is wanting to communicate something to us today that's really important and that we need to hear. And so it's really, really good. Uh, the contributions this morning on um, online church have been fantastic. Uh, the stories of salvation on there and uh, God speaking to people. It's brilliant. And it's so encouraging to hear those stories. But the first thing I want to say is just over the last few years, it seems to be that I have stood here and spoken a lot about going through tough times. And to be honest, I'm a little bit fed up of it. I've done it a lot and I'm sure it's time now for some good times. But maybe not just yet. And um, we're not quite there yet, are we? And. So I'm going to speak about that again today, uh, how we go through some of these tough times and how we go forward into the future. And what I want to talk about today is how we have a choice to make. Okay, We've got a choice to make today. And I'm going to be looking at this from a passage in Deuteronomy. And we're going into the Old Testament. This is just a one-off. We've finished the series on Luke. We've got a new series starting next week. But today, for one, one day only, we're looking in Deuteronomy. And the choice we've got to make is not difficult. The Bible tells us it's not difficult. So that's good news. And I think it's going to help us as we move into the rest of the year. So Deuteronomy. Before I read the passage, let me just set the context. The Israelites, the, the, the God's people, the Jews, they have left Egypt where they were slaves and they've journeyed for many years to the promised land. But on the way, they rebelled. So within sight of their destination, just as they were about to go into the promised land, they rebelled again and God said, you're not going forward and sent them off for another 40 years in the wilderness, back into the desert, so that that rebellious generation was gone. And it was a new generation that were going to step into the promises of God and take that land. And then after this extra 40 years in the wilderness, after this time that they'd wandered, they came in full circle back to the point where they were ready to enter the land. But it wasn't quite time. And at the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses starts telling the story of those travels to the people. He recounts the stories of the miracles of God's faithfulness, of all the things that God has done to take them from slavery in Egypt to the point where they're ready to enter the promised land. He's telling stories. And as we come to the end of Deuteronomy, we come to Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'm going to read from uh, Deuteronomy 30, verses 11 to 20. 
And at this point, the storytelling is near its end. Moses has told the stories and he's nearly ready to let them in. And he says this in Deuteronomy 30, verse 11 to 20. For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you. Neither is it far off. It's not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life, that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore, swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. You know, sometimes when we look forward, it can be a little daunting. We might know that there are big decisions to make. We might know that there's something difficult coming up for us. It may be that the future looks uncertain for you. And I think that's something we can all identify with at the moment, given what's happened over the last, well, just over a year now. And we look forward into the future and we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know how the easing of restrictions from the pandemic is really going to pan out. Will infection rates start rising again? Will the death toll start rising again? Some live in fear of what that might mean for them. Some are nervous or even fearful of being in larger groups again. You know, we've got a roadmap that takes us forward into the future in terms of who we can meet with and what we can do. Can we eat outdoors or indoors? Can we meet six people? Can we gather with 30 people? I mean, there's all sorts of things, but there's a roadmap out. But there's no guarantee that that's going to happen the way we want it to happen. The future is uncertain still. There seems to be so much fear, so much that could hold us back. But, as ever, the Bible has answers. The Bible, God's word to us for today. 
And the Bible has a strategy for us to help us cope with the future, with what is coming next. As I said earlier, the whole book of Deuteronomy is Moses telling the Israelites their recent history. Telling the stories of how they got to that point. They're just about to go into the land that God has promised to them. This is one of the stories that he tells them. And they've been there. They're ready. And in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, they've got to that point, ready to go into the promised land. And 12 spies are sent into the land to see what it's like. One from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And as those 12 spies come back, 10 of them out of the 12 say, we can't do this. This is too hard. This is too difficult. The people in that land are too big. They're too powerful. The future looks bad if we go in there. We can't do it. It's beyond us. Only two come back and say, but God's given it to us, so let's do it. And that's Joshua and Caleb. They've got faith that they can go forward because God has promised it to them. But, unfortunately, the people are afraid and they rebel. It shows us in Numbers 14. They're saying, this isn't going to work. And they complain against God and against Moses and Aaron, their leaders. And this is the point where God says, okay. You've rebelled against me again. I'm sending you back out. You're not going to take possession of the land. You're going back into the wilderness. And it's the next generation that are going to take it. Other than Joshua and Caleb who were faithful. And so they do enter the promised land. So they've done all that. They've been there. And they do all that wandering again and they go through hardship again. And they come back to this point. Come back to the time where they're going to enter the land. But how will they face it this time? Moses has done all he can in telling them the stories of the past. He's prepared them as well as he can. He's taken them on a storytelling journey. Recounting all the miracles, all of the times that God has intervened. He tells them the stories that have brought them this far. What he's doing is he's looking back to move forward. So why does he do this? Well, there are two reasons that I want to draw out of this for him doing this looking back. To move forward. Firstly, it's to see the faithfulness of God and that that has not changed. And secondly, it's to show them how much they have changed. So let me explain those two things. Firstly, the faithfulness of God. When we look back over our lives, we can see where God has done things where he's intervened, where he's guided us, where he's stopped us. 
and there are stories of that on online church this morning. They can be quite painful episodes in our lives. Not always, but often. But they are necessary. But then we come out of those times, we look back at them and then we live in the good of them. It changes us. Looking back like Moses has done here with the, with the people of Israel reminds us of God's faithfulness. It reminds us of what he's done in the past in order to give us faith to face the future. Very near the beginning of lockdown a year or so ago, Rob spoke. He stood here and spoke about telling the big stories. And it feels like I'd forgotten about that. It was only when I told him that I was doing this that he reminded me he'd done that. And it feels like God is bookending some of this difficult time with these reminders to tell stories of his faithfulness. And then Becky and Kate said it this morning without knowing I was going to preach on this, said, we need to tell the stories of God's faithfulness. Do you ever get the feeling that God is trying to communicate something to you? We need to look at the stories of God's faithfulness in our lives in order to help us face the future. Because I think there's going to be more change coming our way this year. There is, isn't there? Because even if things go smoothly, we're going to start seeing more people. We're going to start, for some who have been working from home, we're going to go to the office. You're going to go shopping, maybe. Things are going to change. How do we face it? If things are changing and then suddenly it all stops and we have to shut everything down again, who's going to cope with that and who isn't? Because that would be really, really hard. But, you know, we've got to be ready for these things. And in order for us to be ready, we need to remember God's faithfulness. We need to remember how God has carried us through the difficult times of the past to bring us to where we are now. And knowing that in however many months' time, we'll have even more stories to tell of God's faithfulness because in my experience I can see that God has got it all in hand I haven't and I've proven that time and time and time again but God has proven time and time again that he does have it in hand how will we face the setbacks that will inevitably come our way. We face them by looking back at what God has done before, knowing that he always gets it right, and that allows us to move into the future knowing God is in control. There's a line in a song by a band called Switchfoot, and it says this, it's from the album Where the Light Shines Through, which I can highly recommend. But the line says this, and the story that brought us here ain't the thing that's changed. Whatever happens, the story that's brought you to this point, 
the, the faithfulness of God that's brought you to this, to this point isn't the thing that's changed right now. It's the things around you and God will never change. His story will never change. His faithfulness will never change. God has brought you to this point in your life. He's not going to suddenly stop doing it now. He will carry on. It's one of the certainties of life. That he will carry on with your story and his involvement in your story. We don't need to fear the future. God has brought us this far and he has not finished with us yet. God has not finished with you yet. The second reason for this storytelling is to show how much you have changed. I noticed something recently, and this may be obvious and I may be the last one to catch on here. It's often the way. This has happened to me before, but I've only recently understood it. That it feels sometimes like certain things in your life are repeated. Let me give you an example from my life right now. As you know, last time I spoke and I mentioned about being made redundant for my job. It's not the nicest thing to happen, although actually it's been a massive relief of removal of what had become a very stressful time. But look for the positives in these things. But I lost my job once before. Very different, very different circumstances, a lot more painful circumstances. But nonetheless, I find myself in the same set of circumstances that I'm now looking for a job. And I've been comparing the two times it's happened. The first time I spent three months hardly able to function, not really looking to God, not being in a very good place, a place where I'd almost given up. Fast forward to today, I'm really relaxed about it. I'm really enjoying some time off. I've been remarking to many people, I feel like I'm retired. I'm not. I'm not quite that old yet. Not in a position to retire yet. I need to work. But actually, something has changed between those two times. And the thing that's changed is I can look back now at a period of time, the very first time actually that I was ever unemployed, and look at the faithfulness of God in it. We never went without. We didn't run out of money. And God came through in miraculous ways through friends to bring employment. I have changed. Because I look back at that, I see the faithfulness of God. And so this time, going through a similar set of circumstances, I'm thinking it's okay because God will sort it out. He's changed me. He's grown something in me that understands his faithfulness in a, in a better way. He's showing me what he's done in me through taking me through a similar set of circumstances and saying, see, see what I've done? I don't feel any different. I'm just me. I'm still me. But God has changed me. I can see the changes that he's made in me and he's given me faith for the future that five years ago I didn't have. But now I do. 
And this is what we see Moses doing with the Israelites saying, look, you've been here before. Okay, different generation. There's change. We're back at the border of the land, but something has changed. That means this time you can move forward. There's a victory over the circumstances this time that you didn't have before. So these stories in our lives, as we look back on them, they tell us all about the things that God has done and they show us how much we have changed. And sometimes God takes us through this loop in order to show us how much we've changed because that also gives us faith to move forward into the future. It's like a completion of something he's doing in us. Are we going to use what God has done in the past to give us faith for the future? Or are we going to give in and complain that it's just too hard and I've got no hope? We've got a choice to make. We've got a choice as to how we face these times. And that's where this passage from Deuteronomy 30 helps us. Because as Moses comes to the end of the story and brings his listeners up to the present time, he gives them this choice. He's just told them, look back at everything God has done and now choose how you're going to move forward in the light of that. And I believe that's where many of us are today. The choice that Moses presents to the Israelites in Deuteronomy 30 is between life and death. What he says to them in verse 15, go God's way or perish. Now, for us, we know that we have life in Jesus. We live in a different era than they lived then. And we know that death has no hold over us. But if I can put this choice another way for us, the choice is life or giving into the fear of what's next. It's life or giving in to our circumstances. We've got a choice to make as to how we are going to move forward, just as the Israelites did. Here's the good news to start with. Verse 30 says this. Moses says, for this commandment that I've commanded you today is not too hard for you. So we're not looking at something that's too difficult for us. God hasn't set something up for us that we can't do. We're not looking at anything complicated. This is for all of us and can be done by all of us. And in verse 14, it's not far away from us. The word is very near you. It's in your mouth. What that means is this is stuff you already know. This is stuff that's already in you. It's not something new. It's not something complicated. We already know it. Then Moses tells them what it is they need to do in verse 16. He says, if you obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, that I command you today, by loving the Lord, your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering to take possession of it. Now, obviously, we know as Christians that our way forward is not based on what we do, 
but based on our response to Jesus. But interestingly, Paul quotes this passage from Deuteronomy in Romans. In Romans 10, verses 8 to 11, he says this. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. So what Paul's saying here is we make an initial response to Jesus. We confess him with our mouth. We believe in him. We accept the lordship of God in our lives. But you see, that's not all there is because it's not just a one-time thing and then that's it. You see, when we connect this to what we talked about earlier, we know we've got a choice as to how we respond. But not just that one-time choice of how we respond to Jesus, but a choice as to how we respond day after day after day. We've got a choice. Simon talked last week about how Jesus said that if we follow him, we pick up our cross daily. With all that happens around us and all that we see coming that scares us or discourages us, we have to look at those moments and choose how to respond. We've got to look at those moments and choose to pick up our cross, a response that confesses Jesus as Lord. When we confess that Jesus is Lord, it's not just a factual statement about the position and place of Jesus, but also a statement about our position and place in relation to him. We can, we're confessing our need of him. We're confessing our reliance on him. We're confessing how we're going to approach what comes next. If we say and we confess that Jesus is Lord, then we're saying that everything that's happening around us, everything that's gone on before, everything that is to come is in his control and is no accident. It's all part of his purpose. And we can't have that any other way. Our choice today is that it's all God's and we're in that with him or we're out. It really is that stark. We must be confessing that Jesus is Lord in every situation. Not as an empty mantra, but with faith and expectation that he will act. And we know he's done it before because we look back at the times he's shown us his faithfulness. And then we confess that he is Lord in this situation. And with the faith that we have from the past situations, we go forward into the future. We can see the times that he has transformed situations, that he's used them for unexpected purposes and changed us as a result. And when we talk about confessing that Jesus is Lord, confessing that he's in control of everything, 
Yes, we do that to ourselves, but also we do that in telling stories to others. Because as you tell the stories of what God has done, you are showing his lordship in your life. Not only does that um, increase the faith in you, but it increases faith in others. And even this morning, as I've had the privilege of sharing some of my story with you, it increases faith in me. Because I sit down to write this and I have to, I, I look back and say, well, where has God done this in my life? And as I've said, he's done it plenty of times. And we've got loads more stories than this about God's faithfulness. Yes, sometimes get a little bit fed up that we've got to go through some of this stuff again. But actually, God's in control and he can use it and he will use it. And we tell the stories and we build faith in one another. We look back at what he's done before and trust him with what he's going to do. And then we tell the stories. We choose to confess Jesus in the stories that we speak out. It's time to wrap this up and come to some sort of conclusion. We know, we all know, don't we, that life is tough. Sometimes it's harder than other times. And actually, as we discussed in our life group just this past week, if we're picking up our cross daily, then surely our expectation is that that's going to be tough. If our expectation is that life should be easy all the time, then we've probably got the wrong expectation of life. If life is easy and untroubled, then if that's for a short time, then that's a blessing. But it doesn't stay that way. That's not our, it shouldn't be our expectation. There are times when things are easier. But it's not always that way. But we shouldn't approach difficult times with fear. And we shouldn't give up. Because, as I've said, there are a number of things we can do. We look back at what God has done before. And we tell the stories of God's faithfulness. We look now at how similar situations show how much God has changed us. And that gives us faith for change in the future. And we confess Jesus is Lord. Not just once, but in every situation. We're not doing this on our own. He's faithful to do this every step of the way with us. In all of this, God does not want you to fail or to fall. That's never his intention. Every trial that comes our way is for our good and for God's glory. When we overcome, we give glory to God who has enabled us to do it. And we know that he's refining us and changing us so that one day, as his church, his bride, we become that perfect and spotless bride of Christ as a church, as a people together who have been changed, who have been set free, who have been victorious. Because our expectation in this is victory. Because Jesus has won that victory. 
And while we go through these times, inevitably, in the end, there will be victory. Because that's what Jesus has won for us. This is a message of hope. And one day, we will have overcome all of this. And we will live victoriously with him. You see, there's nothing to fear because in the end, spoiler alert, we win. We win because Jesus has won already. So we know in the end, we have won. We have the victory. I'm aware that people are going through difficult times. We all go through them. And I just want to pray as we finish. And um, yeah, and then that will be the end. So let's pray. Let's just ask God to come and give us some confidence and some faith, shall we? And because it's not just based on our circumstances, but by his spirit, he can just give us that faith as well. But let's pray. God, we know that difficult circumstances come, but we trust you. We have faith in you. We acknowledge that you are Lord and you are Lord of all of our circumstances. If you're going through a tough time at the moment, just do that now. Just confess Jesus is Lord in your circumstance. Just confess that now. Tell Jesus he is the Lord in your situation. Acknowledge to him that he is in control of that. And then if you can, tell him now, Jesus, I trust you in this circumstance. Let's acknowledge that before him now. I trust you in my circumstances. You are Lord in my circumstances. Holy Spirit, I just pray as people confess those things to you, that you will just come upon them right now, that they will know your presence, they will know your power, and they will know faith rising up in them. And that they will go forward from this moment with faith that overcomes. Faith that says this is going to be okay. Pray for that life-giving faith right now to come upon people as they confess to you, Lord Jesus. And Father, I pray for change in people's lives. That they will see that you've changed them for good. And that they are becoming more like you all the time. Just give us a faith for the future, Lord, as we move forward from here. Amen.